Okay, welcome back again to season three of your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your host, Cardelia Reed. Thank you for joining me again today. I say that because this is part two of uh, Breaking Off the Generational Curse of Death. And uh, it's such a deep subject. It, you know, I, I tell myself, it's, it's not, I'm not going to tell you, it's easy for me. It's easy for me to speak, sure enough. But what's not easy is the deepness of this and the, the heaviness and the profound nature and the impact that I know it's going to have on you. And uh, hopefully a great way and such that you go and tell and it helps so much and it brings healing and peace to you. And that's that's what we really want to do. Right. Uh, but, you know, I I told you something in the other podcast and I want to make a funny again because uh, sometimes we can get so caught up in the seriousness of this. We forget about the funny side of life and God has a sense of humor. It's just that sometimes when he's laughing, we're not because he's teaching us the lesson. But um, I told you that my mom's mother could see things about death. And, you know, after she passed away, my mom's mother passed away in 1975. And here I come. I was born a year later in 1976. And I came into this world under some interesting circumstances. And I have I have an older sister who at the time when I was not born told my mom, hey, I want a sister. Because if you die, who am I going to have here on this earth, right? My mom's like, okay, okay, okay. She tried to have another kid. How does she know it's going to be a sister? Of course she gets pregnant with a female, and it's me. And surprise, 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 my mom said she cried when I came into this world because uh, I, here I am, nice and, I guess, whiny baby crying into the world. But she cried because her mother was dead, and it was the first time a baby had been born into um, this world, and her mother was not there. But lo and behold, little did she know... <laughs> how much I was going to remind her of uh, her mom. But, you know, her mother's gone now. And all my life, she's always said stuff like, whenever somebody dies, she have a dream about her mom before that person died. And then next thing you know, they died. So finally, I start this spiritual walk with the Holy Spirit. I said to her, I said, listen, <laughs> why is it that your mom got to always come when somebody died? Can you tell her to stop that? Can she come when something good about to happen? Why does it always have to be when someone's bad? <laughs> and uh, I think her mom must have heard me because she surely stopped. She never told me another day after that that she came unless she decided that she was going to come and not, you know, tell you. I don't want to tell her anymore because she might. But no, I, I mentioned this to her the other day. I said, I want to make sure we, we this is all cleared up. The Holy Spirit told me what well, I just confirmed with her. I said, you remember you used to always say stuff about your mom to see things about death. And sure enough, you have these dreams about her and you say, okay, uh, you see her in the dream. Next thing you know, somebody died. I said, you hadn't told me any more about this since we had that conversation about her. Stop. And I said, has she come back since? She goes, no. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's such a deep subject. I was like, no, I don't want her to come back. I said, well, good. Me neither. It's a wrap, right? Okay. Anyway, you, you get the point. It's, it's, you have to uh, laugh at life and enjoy it. Because you know the Holy Spirit laughs with us? That's a good thing. He laughs with us too, right? He's the one that gives us a sense of humor to laugh. He's the one that told me to tell you this story. So anyway, here we go. I am picking up from 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm starting now at the 35th verse. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? When with what body do they come? Though thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall die, but bear grain and may chance of wheat, 
or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of man, another flesh of beasts, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. And bodies terrestrial. People have taken that way too far, haven't they? But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. You understand where this is going? Everything has a purpose when it comes to a physical and a spiritual body. Period. End of discussion. Or a purpose when it comes to a physical body and the purpose that God has placed them here on earth. And once they leave the earth, that's to be given for the glory of God also. That's where this is going, okay? There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, but one star differs from another star in glory. I'm starting back at verse 41. And I'm, I'm going to continue. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. Honor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. You know, this is where I start thinking the Bible can't be more clear than this. I'm reading to you from the King James Version, of course. I, I don't think there's really any other version to read from except maybe some that people can really understand. But God gives me the ability to interpret this and understand. This is why I choose to use it because I don't think it can be more clear than this. It is sown. I'm going back to verse 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. I mean, I, we don't even need to ask this question anymore. Is there a natural body? Yes. Is there a spirit? Yes. In the discussion, in the discussion, we don't need to talk about this anymore. We have seen this on TV and they have corrupted this. They have corrupted the spiritual body. They have corrupted the soul. Well, the soul actually corrupted itself, but they have corrupted the spiritual body. But at the same time, we don't need to ask this question anymore. Is there a natural and is there a spiritual? Yes, it is. <sighs> Okay, and the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you this story. Um, very quick side note. Now, I'm telling you this because I'm building up to my point, all right? So, I told you about the time in the first part, Cass, that I, the time that I spend uh, with the Holy Spirit. Actually, that was in the introduction. And I say that because there's so many things God wants to show us and he gets so excited about it and you can feel it when I'm, when I'm praying and spending time with him, he just, sometimes I don't even pray. I just sit there and I listen because you have to receive what he's saying. Right. But lately I've been noticing this is not all the time. I feel another spirit there and I'm like, is that who I think it is? And the Holy Spirit said, yes, it is. And it's interesting because I'm talking about my father here. He just makes these appearances and I'm like, you know, you have so many questions and, you know, you only talk to the Holy Spirit about this. This is not something that I have not told many people this, except you. Now, you know, and I'm sitting there, but when he shows up, I'm gutted. I mean, I'm just gutted. I'm crying profusely. Number one, I know the Holy Spirit there. It's very hard to keep a dry eye in the presence of the Lord. It's very, because you're just wrecked. Like, God, you're doing this to me. You're doing it. You're moving things. You're promoting me. And. How dare my father show up? Because I really want him to be there too. You know, it, the Holy Father is enough for me, but my earthly father meant everything to me. He is the one that really started some things going. I told you a story about my father in the first podcast. My father was a pastor. I had a man walk up to me one time at Pinewood. Yes, I'm talking about Pinewood Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, where we would have prayer meeting. I didn't know this man. He walks up to me. He said, hey, 
you're going to finish what your father started. And I almost dropped to my knees. Do you understand that? Do you know what that means when somebody walks up to you and give you a word like that? I didn't know God was going to use me for that. I knew I was doing something that he told me to do. I was just doing what he told me to do. I didn't know it was that deep. I didn't know that it was for breaking off generational curses. My father started breaking curses off. That's why he was showing up in the morning when I'm praying with the Holy Spirit. He's happy. Matter of fact, my father told me that before he died. Two weeks, two months, excuse me. I'm getting all emotional because this means everything to me. I'm very passionate about this. Two months before he passed away, he was preparing us for his funeral. He said, I want y'all to be happy for me. And I remember he was saying something like, I can't come back and be with y'all, but you can always come be where I am. And I don't think I don't want to go over there no time soon. I still, I don't want to go over there in time soon. You know, I just don't. None of us do, right? But he said, be happy. So when he shows up like that, and we're talking about his spiritual form, Man, I could feel his happiness. I could feel him being so proud of me. And I'm just sitting there in the dark, just me and the Holy Spirit, 4.30 in the morning, bawling. And sure enough, as that man said it, I'm doing it. Just as sure as the Holy Spirit told him, I'm doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it as long as I possibly can. Okay? This is important. We are here, not just for ourselves. We're here for a long line of people. Just as Adam and Eve were, just as their kids were, and so on and so forth. Now, I don't want you to focus on the bad of what they left. I want you to focus on the good of what you can do. And that's what's important to me right now. That this is why I want you to understand. This is why I want you to get this and stop being defeated by what death brings. This is really important. Really important. So I want you, when you're spending that one-on-one time with the Holy Spirit... He may have some gifts and surprises for you. You may not even be aware of until you just start feeling it in the spirit. Maybe you're feeling it already. I don't know. All I can do is tell you what the Holy Spirit gives me. Now, we just made it clear about the spiritual body. And we're going to keep on moving forward right at verse 47. Okay. No, 44, 45, excuse me. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, we're talking about Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. How bad that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards, that which is spiritual. How be it that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. Wow, that's, that's pretty powerful. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. It is written. This is written. You're gazing your eyes upon what is written. So I want you to keep going because God gives us this thing called imagination and I want you to use it as we continue in this. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. I love when God shows us mysteries because that's what we want to know. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump 
for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this incorruptible must put on I'm sorry for this corruption must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immorality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory this is powerful wonderful thank you jesus O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength, the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, We talked about this, I think, way up at verse 22. For as in Adam all die, but so in Christ shall all be made alive, right? Hmm. Now, if we start putting two and two together, because a lot of this is written, and there's some other parts that Christ just gives to us when we start spending that one-on-one time uh, with him. Because there are things that God wants to show us that is a mystery, and people want to know how, how is it, excuse me, how is it that we can all be changed? How is it that we can all not sleep? Because clearly God said to someone in the Bible, he is only sleeping, right? How is it that we can all be changed? Now, how is it? I'm going to ask you a question and I'm going to answer these questions too, just so you know, I'm not just asking you, um, how is it that? When God says, speak life into what you want, why is it that we don't see more life spoken back into the dead? Why is it that we don't see more miracles? Yes, I'm going to work backwards. It's because we're not speaking life. Because a lot of us are speaking negativity. And a lot of us in our own negativity are corrupted. And in that corruption, we die. In ignorance, we die. In suffering, not feeling that we have the victory and the mind of Christ, we die. We die spiritually and then we die physically. So why is it that when it comes to a grieving dead, I'm not talking about uh, some people that's been dead in the graveyard gone for years. I'm talking about when we had these untimely deaths, like when Elijah spoke life back into the lady's son, those kinds of deaths. When Jesus raised Lazarus up, why is it that we don't take the authority over death and speak life back into people and be used as a vessel for a miracle? Why don't we see more miracles, period, let alone that one? Well, it's happening. It's happening. Look it up. I dare you to. <laughs> Actually, I'm joking. It is, it is happening, but I'm joking about the dear part. It's Google it. Uh, matter of fact, they do have a, it's, it's on YouTube. Um, and I'm not talking about somebody joking around, talking about just people that are seriously speaking life back into people. And there's a resurrection there. And there's some untimely deaths going on. And basically, it's, death has already been defeated. It is a miracle, right? We just talked about how when God um, took the keys of death away from the enemy, 
And not only did he take them, said, I'm going to rise up. And he raised up from the dead and he was quickened. But he gave his children the ability to do the exact same, to raise them up, being used as a vessel for him. And this is one of those things where, you know, you may say, hey, you're taking things too far. Um, it's not going to happen. I mean, you start speaking things over it already and you killed it all. You have killed the possibility of this already because you think this is going too far. God is a far out radical God. He just told you we're not all going to sleep. We will all be changed eventually. But at the end of the day, why don't we speak more of this? And this is where I'm trying to go with this thing. We have so much untimely death in this world, more now than ever before. Matter of fact, I had a vision one day that the Holy Spirit showed me for, and I think I talked about this, I'm pretty sure, in one of my earlier podcasts, I think season one, he showed me the number four and it was on fire. And I literally put the number four, uh, I think I Googled it, I did something with the Bible, Bible related four, and so many things started coming up. And what happens is, lo and behold, Revelation 6, 8, uh, the death and pale and the pale horse and death followed them. And there were four. There were four, right? Matter of fact, I'm going to confirm this because I want to make sure I say it right. I'm going to go to Revelation 6. And I want to make sure that we have absolutely the right interpretation of what I'm going to say to you. Okay, so while I am turning here, I want you to think about how this affects your life. I want you to think about what this means to you. I want you to think about the impact that this is having because it did not just stop with the Bible at all. It didn't just stop there. It it literally started in the Bible. It was already written and it was done. So we understand, I'm still turning just so you know. So we understand that um, our earthly bodies will go back to the dust and God will give us a new body. Because a lot of us trying to understand how in the world is that possible? God gives us a new body, but we don't even understand how or why this happened. Now, I want you to try to get away from reasoning everything because you can talk yourself out of this one. This is a really huge one. You can talk yourself out of it and you can say, you know what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's so many things that God wants to happen. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the enemy is rampant in my technology because I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm having a hard time turning into Revelation 6, 8, which is unbelievable. Uh, that never happened. So I'm still going and I'm almost there just so you know. Because I want to get there too. Here we go. Okay, enemy, you've won nothing with that battle. And I looked and behold, a pale horse and his name that set on him was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. That's why I want to look up this verse. I want to make sure I say that part right. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and the beast of the earth. Now, we know that so much is going on to kill with sword. Look at all the school shootings that's going on. You talk about untimely death. Now, we're talking about um, the enemy killing kids, using other kids. And he's like literally stopping things before it can even start in their lives. I mean, they're not even 18 years old yet, right? And they're dying with these kinds. And they kill themselves, the ones that are actually doing the massive shootings. 
And then with hunger, now the thing about hunger, that's been going on all over the world. It's, it's getting a lot worse now because we see people dying of, um, let's see, when you, we have all this extreme weather, very, very, very cold, very, very hot. Some people suffer from that because they don't want, first of all, they're not meant to survive in, in temperatures like that unless they're made comfortable. But number two, they're already suffering from lack of what the resources that they need, one of them being food, and their bodies are not able to fight off what it needs to survive in that kind of uh, extreme temperature circumstances. And then we're talking about with beasts of the earth and with beasts of earth, we're talking about all these killings you see lately. I mean, look at all the alligators and, you know, killing people on the news just in very untimely, terrorized ways. And the other thing is just death, sicknesses. You know, I asked my mom once, I said, are people dying, um, were people dying of cancer when you were growing up the way they're dying now? She said, no. And a lot of you can probably say the same thing. They're a lot older than me. And you wonder what the heck's going on. Well, the number four, I mean, at the end of the day, the number four, that's where we're on right now. So I want you to understand how important this is that you don't feel defeated by death. Because if the enemy can start with a thought, he has pretty much, and you give way to that, he is pretty much trying to um, basically give birth to sin and with that sin is death. And if you know there are certain things going on in your life, I want you to try to help combat this. Um, be intentional because things are not just going to fall upon you. It's, it's, yeah, a lot of negativity falls upon you. We know that. That's surrounded us everywhere in the atmosphere around you. But you got to be intentional about being positive. And one of the things you got to do is denounce whatever you, curse you think that has been placed upon you or your family. Uh, one of the most common ones is... Um, Pisca, that is failure at the edge of breakthroughs. That is a common spirit and a common demon that literally, um, God, every time you always hear somebody say, oh, I almost had it. Oh, my God, I almost had that part in that movie. Or I almost had this um, right there. It was right there in my hand. It just slipped through. That's Pisca. Um, Almost. Denounce it. Denounce it. It's, It's not a coincidence. It happens for a reason. And sometimes we just have evil forces working against us in the supernatural realm that does not want things to happen and prevents things from happening. And then you just get so mean and frustrated. You understand. And you start denouncing God. You start denouncing the Bible. You start denouncing yourself and you're killing yourself spiritually. And then next thing you know, death comes. So there's no way people think in our society, if you're thinking like this, that the words that come out of your mouth are important because you start thinking there's no way a miracle like this can occur. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. It starts with you. It starts with you today and your mouth and your decision and to make up your mind. It starts today. Think about it. Pray about it and just do it. Now, the other thing is repent. And it's one of those things where you've heard repent used so many times in a critical manner. But at the end of the day, announce what you think is wrong and say it. Ask God to forgive you. Forgive yourself. And then go back and do a search in your Bible app on what is actually wrong. What what does that relate to? Oh, my God. You know, I have actually um, I know so many. I don't want to use the word many. I do know people who suffer, for example, with pornography. And I'm not talking about people off the street don't know God. I'm talking about people that are actually in the pulpit, okay? And um, they don't want people to know this, but I know it. Uh, number one, the Holy Spirit tells me, but number two, they've actually shown me indirectly. You, you, you know, it's, I don't even want to get into that subject, but the point I'm trying to make is that you know, the Holy Spirit knows, God knows, all you got to do is repent. All you got to do is repent. This is so important. Arrogance. All you got to do is repent. 
Honestly, yeah, I'm talking to you. All you got to do is repent. <laughs> Even with me, every day I pray, God, take, remove from me anything that is not of you. One of the most powerful prayers I prayed in my life, and I had to remind myself that I prayed this, God, make me uncomfortable until I get back on the right track in the mighty name of Jesus. And he surely did that, and he does it every time. So if to whom much is given, much is expected. If you are a person that is in the pulpit, that, do, that has a lot of influence in the spiritual community, and you can influence people in one way, or you can do it the other way. Either way, if you're not capable of seeing what you're doing, ask somebody else to help you. Somebody that's not biased for you, a nice neutral third party, okay? Or whoever you are, if you're not sure it's wrong, look it up. I'm telling you, everything that we do goes in a lot of different categories, a lot of different categories. You know, I like to have some wine every now and then. And people say, oh my God, you shouldn't drink. How could you drink? Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not right. That's not correct. The Bible speaks of drunkenness. So know what is right and what is wrong. Now, if I told you I like to get drunk all the time, something's wrong. Okay. There's something else going on there that we're not talking about and we're not dealing with. So just speak what it is and find what it is categorized under. Denounce it. Ask for forgiveness for yourself and others. And then we will, because once that happens, God starts cleansing us and making us aware of things. Now, I'm saying this because the enemy comes by way to kill, steal, and destroy. He cares nothing about this kind of stuff. He just wants to destroy us. At the end of the day, he wants us to feel defeated by death. All right. So this is how you start breaking off generational curses. And then, you know, most importantly, know what Christ says about you. And you won't know this unless somebody, unless literally the Holy Spirit tells you, uh, maybe some kind of way you've been getting this intuitive feeling that you were going to be this amazing singer one day. And yes, sure enough, you can sing or maybe you can hum a little bit. I don't know. Either way, you've got this gut feeling that you're going to be this amazing singer. And then suddenly you think maybe that's true. But then you say, oh, no, that's no way. You, you can't even sing. Really, you can't sing. That's why you No, that's the enemy every time. So if God is telling you, I gave you a great voice. Because I want you to sing. So yes, singing will be, will be your ministry. And singing is a way you will speak life into people. Use your words to speak life and break off those things that's been placed in your family line. I'm so sure that there are so many people out there that have the gift of singing. This is just an example. And the enemy has convinced them either by way of just telling them indirectly, I'm sorry, directly in their heads or indirectly through other people. And they believed it and they never did it. And then here's that pisca again coming in. Fell you at the edge of breakthrough. Oh my God, I was almost on American Idol. Oh my God, I was on American Idol. I didn't win. It does not matter. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose per man, okay? Or whether you make it to American Idol per man or whether you... um Tried something that didn't work out. That's the place I'm going. The point I'm trying to make to you, if God told you you can sing, if you know you can sing, sing. Sing to all your glory. Sing to all his glory. And I don't want you to think I'm getting off on the beaten path here. I'm just trying to help you understand. I know we're 26 minutes over. It is very important to recognize who you are in Christ. Know what Christ says about you. To break off whatever's been placed in your family line. I need you to understand what it is. One of the things for sure is untimely death. If you can somehow go back to these passages, read, and just be in agreement with God in your spirit that you will not be defeated by death. I don't care what's wrong. I don't care what the disease is. I don't, it doesn't matter. That's not what God says about that person. God does not say this person is going to have this disease. That's not God. That's the enemy. Just know what Christ says. 
to break off these curses. When you go to the doctor and they're, you know, they're making you fill out all these forms about, you know, what kind of family history you have, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. Those are principalities placed upon you in the spiritual realm so you can believe, okay, if my brother was a diabetic, I'm going to be a diabetic too. If my mom had high blood pressure, I'm going to have that too. Guess what? I had a brother that was a diabetic and my mom has high blood pressure. I don't have neither and I never will in the mighty name of Jesus. It's just not going to happen. So you've got to be aware of these things. I don't care what's written on paper. I don't care if the doctor says this person has this disease. It does not matter. Just because that's written down by man doesn't make it true with God. Okay. Does that make sense? Once again, breaking off generational curses. And I have to start with these sicknesses. So I know I've ran a rampant on that. But sicknesses, as we know, bring about death. And that's why the enemy wants us to place us there. If we can get in our minds, number one, these things are not true. Then come up a little higher. What does Christ say about us? Then come up a little higher. Is God still doing miracles? Come up a little higher. Yes, he is. Now, let's perform it. Let's be a vessel for God to perform, given life, and be used to help bring people back from these untimely deaths. So this is far out. This is deep. In the body of Christ, we're in this time. We're living in the last days. Number four, the fourth part of the earth. And that's what it says, right? And power was given to them over the fourth part of the earth. We know what's out there. It is written. A pale horse. It is written. Look at the news. It's confirmation. It is written. Look at your neighbors. Okay. So at the end of the day, we know that death is out there. It's in the air. Be aware of what you're doing. Be aware of decisions that you're making when you got to sign all these death waivers. I'm not telling you not to do something. I'm just saying think twice when it comes to doing something where your life may be at risk. That's very death is looking to take people. All right. And forget about all that. Are you going to be used? Are you going to be looking to be used as a vessel for miracles that Christ wants to perform? Now, it's up to God whether he wants to do it or not. All we can do is try. All we can do is be mindful of it. Right. That's breaking off generational curses. Okay. Hmm. So um, there may be a part three or it may be a totally new podcast in relation to this subject. And I just got to wait for the Holy Spirit to give that to me. And I hope that I've done some damage on this subject. Uh, Either way, go talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Um, Get into agreement with what he's given you. And I highly encourage you to stay in the presence of the Lord as much as possible. Uh, We are living in times where God is raising such a group of people where you're going to hear God's word more than ever. I do believe that God is moving people more to be heard through him via media all over the world because this is about saving souls. And that's so, 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 so important when death is trying to be rampant and take them fast before they can get saved. Or... Maybe have a, uh, whatever these strongholds are that makes us think that we've already arrived. And there's nothing else we can learn. Stop that. In my name, Jesus, that will not occur. That's not true. In the mighty name, Jesus, you cannot have a mind like that. You just got to stay open-minded because you never know whose life can be changed because of something you said or done. So thank you. Um, I literally am going to stop now for <laughs> staying with me this long. I'd love to hear your comments, your feedback. 
uh, love at cardelia.com, L-O-V-E at C-A-R-D-E-L-I-A.com. Send me an email. Let me know how this is working for you. Tell someone about it. We're going to continue to break off generational curses throughout this entire podcast season. We're going to continue to talk about things about death and mysteries as they come. And um, we'll see you next time. If nothing else, remember Jesus loves you and so do I.